0: this is radically alive women's Age
1: Cast. it's here the wild women are here we're back i feel this so much this energy of like we're back and they tried to burn us and we're back and now what because now like you ain't burning me now let's use the energy that we were afraid of before to be creators
0: welcome to radically alive women You can already sense the
1: aliveness in the space <laughs> How would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Charlotte Vetter and I am a radically alive woman on a mission to keep becoming more radically alive. I don't want to put myself in a box. I don't want to tell you that I'm something and then suddenly in four seconds I'm not that anymore. (laughs) So the one thing that I am and that I will say I am is a woman. And I feel like that is enough for me to say that I live through as a woman.
0: Sounds totally appropriate for a radically alive woman to not be one thing or have one label or even a few labels. So being in evolution at all times. What does it mean for you to be radically alive?
1: Being radically alive means constantly being on the edge of what I already know or what I'm comfortable with. And it's about being in the the shakiness of, I don't know what is next, that keeps me in this state of being alive. And I feel right now, even just looking at you and being here, that I have absolutely no idea what the word is after the word that I'm saying right now. That it's like I'm walking on a bridge and the bridge is being built as the words are coming through me. And I feel this is how I navigate my life as I'm in like this deep surrender and trust of the divine guidance and my spirit within me to take me to the next step and that it will be built as I go. So it's about that. And then in a less meta conversation, it's about in my life now, taking a stand for what is true to me and what I care about and what I wanna see in the world. And it's about going so far into that that other people are very uncomfortable. And it's sort of the, the pendulum swing from where I came from which was so much about pleasing and adapting. And I refuse to smile for no reason. I refuse to be nice. I refuse to say, like, agree just because it's what I could or should do to keep the flow of the space being radically alive is like going into the friction point that I so rarely had done before that now I, I feel like this, there was no other way, but for me to go into the eye of the needle of my life. And it's, just like, um, I feel naked. I feel naked often that there's like, I'm about to say something. And when I say it, I will have nothing, there will be nothing. It's just that, that moment or that phrase. And it's this very powerful thing where I don't feel I need anything else but myself to be there and alive.
0: I can really sense that in the space with you right now. Also for me, without that, there's a lack of aliveness because then it's already pre-built or something. I get that quality in you. Also this quest for being at that edge that is being at the edge. You must have developed a relationship with your fear somehow to be able to do that. Would you want to say something about how you got to be able to do that?
1: Out of all of the four feelings, fear is the one that I feel most connected to since I was very young. And when I was really young, at night, whenever it was dark, I would see spirits. I would see moving things and energies and Like colors moving, and I could have sworn there was a witch under my bed, and I could have sworn, and I was screaming to my parents. I'm like, "There's someone in my room." Like I could feel the presence of other things in this room, and I was very, very scared at the time. And I didn't have the language, and neither did my parents to really support me in that. It's more like, "Oh, you're having a bad dream, or you're seeing things, or you know, it's okay." And for me, it really like was not okay. But I was basically this makes my my parents sound a little bad, but I was kind of like locked in my room with it. So at some point, I found out how to be with it and somehow survive, like this, somehow very scary ability that I had to connect with the energetic spaces. And for most of my life, I had this understanding that, okay, if I'm afraid of something, it's okay, and maybe it's interesting, or maybe I learned something new, or maybe, like, I had this curiosity because I wanted to understand, like, what are these things in my room? So I think at some point, I found a way to be curious about it, when I realized, like, I wasn't dying from it, like, they weren't killing me, the monster didn't eat me, or or whatever that the spirit was. The sad part is I don't even really remember what these figures were. It somehow was washed from my brain, I just remember the feeling of being in there and being like, there's something else in my room. So I think it kind of started then. And I think my childhood survival strategy turned into my superpower. Because when my parents split, it was very scary. And I was very alone. And I was super overwhelmed. And and I was young. And I was little. And I had these two younger brothers. And I was using my fear to take care of them. Like, I was afraid when my mom wasn't there. I was afraid when my dad wasn't there. I was afraid when I was home alone with them. And then I was using it to like take care of, to check in on other people and make sure everything's okay. So somehow I had this, always had this intuition of like fear. I would always have this like premonition before things would happen. I could feel that they were going to happen. And I would say it, I'd be like, something's happening or something's going to come. And I sometimes have dreams like, I had a dream that my brother was dying and he was getting beaten and I was screaming in this like stadium, stop, please stop, like begging him to stop. And the next day we're out on a boat and I'm with him hanging out, this is last summer, and the person driving the boat was like two inches away from running over him. And I burst out of my chair and I was like, stop, just screamed as loud as I could. And and the person like, like pulled the gas back. And I had told everyone about the dream in the morning. We were in a group thing. And so I don't know, like, <laughs> it's a mystery somehow, but I've, I'm have i really like aware of this energy and I use it to go to the next step my whole life. Like I constantly knew where the edge was, was like, go to the same school that all your other friends go to and fit in and or go to the new school and where there's people from all over the world and you don't know what it's like, but there's something there that makes you feel alive. I can already tell where the aliveness lives. And somehow, I think my childhood being so like on the outside perfect and put together, I was looking for resistance. I was looking for like, okay, I want to feel something. I want to like be in the world. And this desire, which comes from this like archetypal wild woman part of me that just wants to scream and be naked and like hair things and just, ah, It felt like I kept going through the jungle because I'm like, ah, there's something more pure. There's something more honest that I can experience. And it's not here. It's not in this like comfort talking about the weather thing. And it's just like somehow I feel this is like my soul's signature. And what I notice is when nobody else is willing to say the thing or like to push the group off the edge or to shift the space, like, It's almost, I feel like suddenly everyone's looking at me, but they're not. But then I realize, like, oh shit, I have to be the brave one. Like I am the one who can hold this level of fear to take the next step. And I feel that's a huge part of my role is that I go first in many ways, doing many wild, somehow wild things. And then I can go back and I can guide people that would never do it without a guide.
0: What are and, some of the wild the, things that you've gone through that you're now guiding people through?
1: The first thing I would start is the kind of wildest thing that I've done is go through the possibility management trainings and the expand the box and the lab. And now I hold space as a possibility coach and I guide people through the maps, I facilitate the maps, I hold space for the processes. I hold space for EHPs and different things, like in a way where I'm like I'm not afraid to go where there where it's going or to say the thing that no one would ever say because it's like I've been there. For example, like I um I chose to do this frog medicine called Bufo, and I think this is a, a wild example. It's like I I don't know anyone that's done it except in the moment where I'm meeting the people that are facilitating it. I didn't preplan it, like I didn't Google it. It was presented to me and i thought yes and it's a dmt experience which is very very wild and you basically when you take it your whole mental brain completely shuts off like imagine if you could just stop thinking for five seconds and your whole body goes limp and you just like melt on the floor and what happens is you've experienced like just your pure soul And I experienced myself coming down through the Fibonacci spiral, through the cosmic womb, into my body as a human. And it was fucking scary as shit. I was literally screaming bloody murder and crying and just the loudest, the biggest I maybe ever have as I'm realizing I'm coming to Earth and I'm screaming, no, like, don't put me back here. I do not want to go back into this situation and I'm fighting it. I have a sword out and I'm fighting these demons as I'm going into the cosmic spiral into earth. And, and as this experience, I got this, ah, for the first time, I really felt what is just my soul. And then it gave me this clarity that everything else is just my box. And it was so painful to realize, oh my God, this one part of me that is the purity of me is actually so small compared to all my other fucking strategies. It was such a huge distinction for me. And then it was a huge death. I just felt like I wanted to kill myself for months because I realized I spent my whole life building this persona, this whole look at me bullshit and it doesn't matter. Like it's not it's not real whatsoever. It's it will die. And my soul is this eternal thing. And I felt what it was. And she was this fucking warrior woman. She was wild. She was so wild and so brave. It was like, oh, and I'm like, that's me. Ah, oh, finally, now I get like why I'm here and what I'm doing. And for months later, I just kept saying, I want to die. And I had a space held for me because I was cry- I was in a liquid state for weeks. And I went actually to my friend Jeff. And I just said, I need help. And he came and I just was crying and I just said, I want to die. And I discovered with the support of the space holding that I actually don't want to die, but I, all these parts, other parts of me want to die. And this initiation has given me the ability to hold space for people when they want to die. Cause now I, I really have this, it seems so obvious to me that when people want to die, it's that some part of them wants to die some horrible, painful strategy. Because I really get the sense that the soul is not dying because it can't. There's this part of you that can't die. So if you're screaming, I want to die, that it's not that. So I hold space to just navigate through that to see if there's any gold for people. And most of the time it's, yeah, that they wanted some part of them to die. And that's why teenagers, so many teenagers commit suicide. Because at that time in your life, you're shape-shifting, like you're going from your childhood strategy and you're trying to become an adult and you're like, get this shit off of me. I want to be free. I want to be sovereign. I want to live my own life. Like I need to get out of this house. I need these weird people to leave me alone and I need to be free. And so I just have this huge aha moment about, of course you want to die as a teenager because some part of you does need to die. So... What I feel is really my, how I do it now is like, I'm just living and then crazy shit happens and then I live to tell the tale and I live to then be a space holder for whoever is walking the same path.
0: Sounds like you're really a yes to life, to the life of your essence, your soul, your being, or letting yourself be shaped by life in that way and then yeah. being also okay with these other parts dying what fascinates me is there's an element that I hear in you that is this connection to feminine I don't even know the word for that but to this unseen realm how do you nurture that or how do you train that
1: I think I train it with the practices and the the life that I've chosen because for me holding space for people in emotional healing processes or any of the processes is training for me because I'm on the edge, they're on the edge, I'm navigating, I'm seeing a lot of doorways when people are going into spaces. And so I'm like, okay, let's try this door or this door. And so I'm training in my day-to-day life through choosing to hold space for evolutionary work. And one of the things that's been so super big for me is my kundalini yoga practice. That has been a huge, crazy training for me to actually harness the power of the skill Where I'm training and learning how to direct my energy more intentionally and to be able to navigate the subtle realm with more clarity and more, a little more adventure. Like the more empowered I get and practice I have in the subtle realms through like meditative experiences and also out of body, I mean, in body, but sort of these like out of mind experiences, then I'm training. In these sort of by doing these kind of practices and
0: by taking these let's say box layers off that naturally comes out or has more space to be part of your everyday life and of your work.
1: yes, before I found possibility management, I had found Kundalini yoga, and that really shifted my box around where I was like, I don't know who I am anymore because I'm kind of just floating around, and this is really amazing, and I feel like high all the time and when I landed into the PM spaces, I felt, oh, now I can like really, this superpower of mine is very useful. Like I'm not just floating around anymore with it. Like I'm, this is a skill and this is something that really serves the space. And I, I didn't have that clarity about it before.
0: So the spaces that you offer, I saw that you, you offer something for wild women, some sort of a wild woman program. What is that?
1: So it's being birthed right now. I basically decided, I was, for a while, I've been trying to figure out, like, what is it that I'm doing, and what is it that I'm taking a stand for, and how can people find me? Because the people that do find me, it's such a match. It's, like, so spot on, and it's fucking amazing, and we're just blasting off together. And through this discovery and through trial and error, I'm like, ah, I am a guide for the wild woman way. And... It's not that it's, it's not Charlotte's Wild Woman, it's just that I have the touch into like my toe into the river of the Wild Woman Way. I can feel it if someone is getting close, if someone is near, if someone wants this, I feel it in my whole body and I can say go. So the Wild Woman Way is the beginning of a community I want to build of women who Are choosing to live evolutionary and choosing to kind of rewild themselves to like returning to the natural way of being without like going back to how it used to be but somehow with the flavor of the next culture which is it's wild but it's also graceful and it's also clear and it's chaos but it's clear and so i was trying to find out like what is the fuck am i really doing and then this Wild Woman Way kept coming to me. And I I got this download to start writing a book about it because I have all these little chapters and these little distinctions that got me to the next step of the Wild Woman Way. And yeah, I mean, I've just like ripped off so many layers. And so it's a community that's about that. And my vision is to have it be a community where other women are also space holders for it. So we're like a council of wild woman ways, space holders, and navigators. And right now there's 11 women total. And I'm just calling it a woman circle. We meet once a week and I bring a theme. We pick a theme and we go into it together and we feedback and coaching and spaces and processes and experiments and, and sometimes things totally outside of the PM box, like around Tantra and breathing and other things that I have studied and learned. That support the wild woman way so that's sort of what i'm bringing and it's like i'm just really trying to move out of the modern culture coaching thoughtware to how do i make this a circular offering how do i make it like supporting more people to support more people and a movement like somehow i want to make a movement out of this and my vision is to make a festival like a gathering like a Wild Woman Way gathering and bring people, bring you and bring and gather for just a week with only women. And yeah. I'm in. And just <laughs> Sounds amazing. fantastic. You have, you know, like three o'clock dragon speaking every day mm. and naked explosion dancing and processes and maybe a whole ETB before, like in the beginning and just like setting the space and creating the place for us to really explore this archetype, which to me is all of the archetypes in one because the wild woman you need all of it you need all everything you've got to really <laughs> take that step and it's somehow it's here the wild women are here we're back I feel this so much this energy of like we're back and they tried to burn us and we're back and now what because now like you ain't burning me Now let's use the energy that we were afraid of before to be creators and I'm finding how how to do that as I go. Thank you so much for doing that and for sharing it here. Thank you for asking and for holding space for this radically alive way of being.
0: If you are enjoying this age cast and want to support it, there are various ways in which you can do that you could share with as many people as possible the episodes that are coming out once a week. You can donate to the building of Radically Alive Women's Heartquarters, RAW HQ, at the southern end of Lake Topol, a compact recording and creation studio. You can become a member and with your monthly subscription, not only gain access to specific content, but also support the creation of the free content. And you can join live spaces to really transform your own reality, to make space for your own radical aliveness with higher levels of consciousness. There's a women's rage club coming up five weeks, two-hour sessions on a Friday. This is all online, so you can do that from your home. I will be the main space holder, Julia Neumann is my name, and I would so love to rage with you. You can find all the information for these offers on my website, yulia-neumann.com. Here and see you soon.